Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Praise God. Woo! Well, you're in church. It's a good place to be, isn't it? Um, praise the Lord. I was just trying to think of what Solomon said about that. Be in the house of God. Praise God. All right. Well, this morning we uh, shared about a revelation of the goodness of God and what it really means. How many know God's good? He's good, isn't he? He's a good God. And we found out that that means he's a giver. That's his character. That's, that's his essence. That's everything about God. He's a giver. And that's why Paul told Timothy, and we'll get to that scripture even here later, he didn't give you fear. He is a giver, but he's a giver of life. And, he's, and, and Jesus said, I've come to give it to you even more abundantly. But we learned this morning that we've got to increase our capacity to receive. Amen. All right, now, if you, did, you weren't here and you need to get that tape, it's good. Y'all, you, you taped it, right? I say tape. Y'all, don't, y'all Google that. It's a, yeah, oh, okay, all that stuff. But I had something happen to me this year that I'm different. I've changed now. I've been going to church all my life, and when you're Billy Brin's boy, you have no choice. I mean, <laughs> if you know my mom, don't Google her now, but... She's, uh, you know, God's used her mightily uh, in a lot of ways. Of course, she wanted to be used by God. You know, we grew up in a small town in, in Oklahoma, and uh, she was, um, even back in the Iron Curtain days of Russia, when they, you know, had the Iron Curtain and everything else, and Mom was smuggling in... Uh, she would sneak in through Finland off of a tour bus, crawl underneath this fence and smuggle in um, ink so that the underground press in Russia could print Bibles. And uh, she was chased by the KGB seven different times. High-speed chases. Bond, James Bond. (laughs) I said, Mom, were shots fired? You know. But anyway. But she's written a lot of books, and, and, and several presidents have called upon her, and, and um, she's a good woman of God. and So she raised us that way, and we had no choice. Praise the Lord. And, uh, but being raised in church, uh, and I, when I travel all over, I, you know, when I talk about Oklahoma, I talk about it's the belt buckle of the Bible belt. And, uh, and you know, I didn't know any other way. I didn't know other people didn't believe the way I mom believed or anything. So what I'm trying to tell you is all of that underneath that type of teaching, did I backslide and all that? Yeah, I had those days. But even knowing all that, something was revealed to me this year that changed my life. And I've never and I'll never ever ever be the same. And for the first time in 56 years, I am now free. Thank you. Amen. That little spirit knows. That little spirit came from heaven not too long ago. So 
And it's good to be free. And you can't live until you're free. Now, I've heard sermons about getting free and all of that. Preached it, heard it, but nothing like this. And how it came about. I was teaching on, which I'm going to tell you here a little bit later. And I was told by God to teach the church. He told me what to teach them. And I was teaching a series on the undefeated church. And he wanted me to get them to become undefeated minded. That you can be undefeated. And now, you know, besides Lamar and coach knows what I'm talking about. He knows all about being undefeated. But there's a lot of people in, in, in the world that say you can't win them all. And so we kind of learn and we live in this society. And God said, I want you to teach them the undefeated mindset of a champion. Now, if you don't know me, I've coached and for years and have been a part of it as a player and some teams of undefeated teams. And um, so I'm, I'm teaching this series and all of this stuff. And the Lord shows me this certain scripture. He says, you're going to have to have this to know it. Now, when he was talking to me about being undefeated, he said, and, and first of all, I went to that scripture in Genesis where he created us in his image. He says, our image, right? In our image. And, 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 um, and so he said, well, whose image did I create you in? And I said, well, yours. He said, well, did I ever lose? I said, well, no. Now, there was a time in the dark ages where hundreds of years it looked like the word was shut up and people weren't getting saved. But was it over? Everybody say no. No. Well, it wasn't over. So he didn't lose. Jesus, it looked like it might have, did he lose? No. For three days it looked like he may have lost to the enemy, like they won. But it wasn't over. Are you getting it? It's not over. Somebody say it's not over. Some people are saying, well, I've lost and I have, no, 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 no. It ain't over. It ain't over. So I'm teaching on this, and the Lord shows me the scripture. So I, I get, man, I get excited, and I get into this place where I got set free. And uh, so I start sharing this with people at churches, and the first couple places I go to, they, they don't seem to get it like I feel like they should get it, all right? And I'm like, God. So I go to God about it. I say, God, how come what I got that was so life-changing, how come I can't get it across to him like I need to get across to him? And he said, you've got to understand. Now, this was weeks of praying to get this answer that I'm telling you. You've got to understand that you're quoting and teaching from two people Jesus and Paul. Now, that's where I'm going to take you to from their scriptures and their sayings. And he said, Jesus and Paul were both, the spirit realm was more real to them than the natural realm. Now, in order, you to, in order for you to get this revelation, you're going to have to understand, church, listen to me, and we ought to be this way anyway. The spirit realm needs to be more real to you than the natural realm. But I'm going to tell you right now, That's not the case to a lot of Christians in a lot of churches. It's just not. And when Paul teaches, he's thinking spirit realm more than he is natural. That's why it was, that's why he could say for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain, man. 
Dying's way better. Well, who around here is saying that? No one. Man, can't wait to die. You ain't hearing that, but Paul did. Oh, man, it's far better to be here. With it. He said, far better. Jesus said to his disciples before he was getting ready to die, he said, man, if you truly love me, you'd be rejoicing right now. Rejoicing? Who rejoices at funerals? Jesus said you ought to. Because if you really knew and loved me, you would know I would be with my father, which is way better. And we're looking at him like, like you are me now. Just teasing. So, God said, they have got, in order to get this mindset of a champion, of a Christian champion, of the champion of Christ, you have got to understand that the spirit realm's got to be more real. Let me just give you an example of how we're not there. How many can see me? Raise your hands. Okay? Everybody who raised your hands, you are thinking or operating in the natural. Because spiritually speaking, in the real, real, not just quotes, real, you can't see me. You see the body I live in. Come on now. Now, if you read this Bible, it's a good book. You ought to read it. It'll really bless you. The body, it talks about we're three parts. We are a body that has a spirit that has, that has a soul. The soul is your emotions, your mind, your will, your emotions. But your spirit's the real you. You can't see the real me. The real me is looking out these windows. And I'm in this house. And this, uh, the Bible calls a house or uh, a temple. It calls it different things, a body. But... And we can do all kinds of things to this house. We can add on. We can paint them. We can, oh, we're doing all kinds of things to this thing. But if it were my time to go and, and I were to go to heaven right now, my, my body would still be right down here and you would still see my body. But you wouldn't see me. But would I still be living? Would I still be alive? Oh, yeah, more alive than ever before. Are you with me? And I would be with him. And I would be in a great place. Way better. Way better than, than, than Oakton, Missouri. As good as Oakton, Missouri is. <laughs> right? But way better. Everybody that we've interviewed, we've interviewed all of them, the people who went to heaven. Even that boy who had the... the the he's a man now but he had that movie heavens for real thank you and they all said they wish they wouldn't have come back not one of them it's way better far better see that's the real and so really you don't see me you see my body the temp the, the, the what i abide in now that's just a little trick right question but scripturally speaking Colossians 3 says this, set your minds and keep them set on what is above, not on the things that are on the earth. Get your minds on things that are above. Now, so I'm preaching on 
the undefeated church. And I, there's all kinds of great scriptures in, in Christ. We can do all things through Christ's strength. And so I'm going through this and I'm teaching this series. And I'm being, you know, mandated by God to do it. And I come across this scripture. Woo! And when I came across this scripture, it, I, I stood there and I camped out on it at my home for about a week, hours at a day. And I camped out on that thing. And I'm telling you, I got it. I got it. Woo! It was always there, but revelation. Now, remember what I told you this morning. If you weren't here this morning, revelation is like if I put a sheet over this and I slowly pulled it off. And you don't know what it is until it's off and then it becomes revealed. Now, it was always there. But it, you didn't see it or understand it until it was revealed. Are you with me? So revelation is already been done. Whatever God in your life's already been done, it's just time for some revealing. Amen? So this was already there, but all my life I hadn't seen it like this. And so I came across this scripture. Thanks be unto God. How many know we need to be thankful to God? Which giveth us, now there we go. How many were here this morning? How many know he's a giver? Which giveth us, don't put that up there yet. Don't put it up. Didn't tell you to put it up there. Who's doing that? Raise your hand. Push-ups, 20, now, right now. Make sure you other two. Next, it's laps. I wish the Lord let me do that, but he won't. Now, thanks be unto God. I see it there. That's okay. <laughs> Thanks be unto God who giveth. Now, remember, we got that revelation. He's a giver. Who giveth us, this is Paul speaking, the victory. What victory? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's go to the scripture and look at the next verse. God has given us some kind of a victory. And he did it through Jesus Christ. You kind of. Figuring out what victory it was, aren't you? So let's watch it. Let's look at this. All right. Thanks be unto God. We should be thankful. Paul was. Who giveth us the victory. He's a giver. He gave us this victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore. Everybody say therefore. therefore. Anytime a therefore's there, find out what it's there for. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye, say it. Steadfast, say it. Next one. Unmovable. And the next one. Always abounding. Everybody say steadfast. steadfast. Unmovable. Unmovable. Always abounding. Always abounding. Listen to me. Listen to me. That's the champion church. You show me somebody who's steadfast in faith. You show me somebody who's unmovable when the enemy comes, no matter what they tell them. You've got cancer. You've got this. Your wife's going to die. Whatever. Unmovable in the word. Unmovable in faith. Steadfast. Woo! You, you showing me a champion now. Are y'all getting the picture? Are y'all getting the picture? I need your heads to do something. So this, wh- what? You mean, he said, that's the champion church. That's the undefeated church. Steadfast, unmovable, always what? Do y'all know what abounding means? Abounding, more, growing, 
From faith to faith and glory to glory. From blessing to blessing. All from wins to wins. From victory to victory. Now notice. Notice this. Therefore. Do you think God has need of the church or wants the church to be steadfast? Do you think we can be steadfast? Well, he wouldn't have put it in there if we couldn't. Do you think he has a need for a church to be unmovable? Yes or no? Do you think he has or wants a church to always be abounding in the work of the Lord? Absolutely. And that is the champion church. Now, so if this is the undefeated church, you can't, now stay with me on this. You can't be steadfast and you can't be unmovable and you can't be always abounding if you don't know about that victory that God gave us through Jesus Christ. Now, are you with me? See, a lot of people can, will, will, will use these verses and will split them up. Oh, thanks be to God who's given us the victory. Victory over what? Well, some people will say over, you know, sickness or this or that but he has a primary application of what he's talking about this is verse 57 and 58 which is the very end of first corinthians 15 so he had 56 verses of what he's talking about all right now just for the sake of time i'm going to go ahead and back up and find out what victory is he talking about? So in order to become steadfast and unmovable, because I believe we all want to be, if we're here on a Sunday night in Oakton, Missouri, then I think all of us are seeking God to, to go higher, to be more and do more what he's created us to be and do. Amen? Not just to go through the motions, but to be the champion that he created us to be. Amen? And he created you in his image. And God is a champion. And I mean, those, there's many champion pregame talks God says in, in the Bible. When he tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Come on, Joshua. There's no weak or cowardly in this group. And God is a champion God. So what victory is he talking about? The Bible says, study to show thyself approved so that you can rightly divide the word. Now listen to me, people, because a lot of Christians are doing this. If you can rightly divide the word, you can also wrongly divide the word. And there are a lot of Christians that are arguing with non-Christians at work over scriptures. And, and a lot of Christians don't even know that they're wrongly dividing the word. And any, any non-believer, any worldly person who read the Bible... And take a scripture out of context because they didn't rightly divide the word. And it'll sound like it backs their point. Well, how do we rightly divide the word? Well, the Bible says study. Now, when you study this out, what this means is never ever take a scripture and you don't know who's talking. That's number one rule. If you wanted to learn more about this, this, this is how I learned it. Always find, is it God speaking? 
is it a person speaking? Is it a Jew speaking? Is it a Gentile? And always find out who they're speaking to. There's three groups of people mentioned in the Bible, the Jews, the nations, and the church. Now, we're part of which group? The church. And God has a covenant with two of those three, the Jews and the church. Amen? So, you do things like that. So, we go back. I want to find out what he's speaking about. What victory, Paul, are you talking about? That if we understand this, that we can, we can get to the place where we're steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding. So I'm going to back up. Chapter 15, I'll go down here to verse 3. Paul's talking, I passed on to you what is important and what had all already been passed on to me, that Christ has died for our sins, just as the scripture said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day. He's talking about Jesus being raised from the dead. Uh, huh, okay. Just as the scripture said. Then he was seen after his death by Peter. And then he was seen by the 12 disciples. After that, he was seen by 500 of his followers at one time. And he was seen by James. And later he was seen by the apostles. And last of all, I saw him. Okay, so this is how he's starting this out. Listen, I saw him. They didn't believe it. Are you with me? So they didn't believe on life after death. They didn't believe that. They thought when you died, it's over. He, I saw him. So Paul goes on. But tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? Are y'all getting the picture of what he's talking about now? Because we're finally going to get to the place. I'm going to take you back to the place where he says, but thanks be unto God. All right, I'm going to get there. But I got to find out who he's talking to and what is he talking about. And he says, now, it, he said, since we preach that Christ raised from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? Now he's getting on him a little bit. For if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ hadn't been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. Wow. And we apostles would all be lying about God. For we said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is useless and you are guilty of your sins. And in that case, all of you who've died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anybody in the world. Are y'all kind of getting this? He's getting on them a little bit. Man, your faith is useless. I'm useless. My preaching's useless. And we ought to be the most pitied people in the world. Huh. Don't believe this. But in fact, in other words, now here's the fact. Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of the great harvest of all who've died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. There was death, but not anymore. Now he's talking about death. He's talking about death. This has got such a grip in the church, it's unbelievable. The fear of death. 
So many people don't even realize you're not free. You're bound because of the fear of death. And now he starts talking about it. So you see, just as everyone died when we all belonged to Adam, but everyone who belongs to Christ has new life. There is no more death. And they're all looking at him like, what are you talking about? But Paul, spirit realm's more real to him. Are y'all with me? Than the natural realm. So death and the fear of death doesn't have Paul. But it did these people. So he goes on to say, and after that, the end will come when the, uh, the kingdom is turned over to God, having destroyed every ruler. For Christ must reign until he humbles. Now watch this, verse 25. For Christ will reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. Verse 26, everybody listen. And the last enemy, everybody say enemy. enemy. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. He called it, what did he call it? Enemy. Say it again. Enemy. What does enemy mean? Come on now. Friend or foe. Enemy. Death is an enemy. Death is an enemy. It ought to be looked and treated as an enemy. But I'm going to tell you something. A lot of churches throughout the years have honored death have been afraid of death. We have allowed grieving spirits to come into our churches because we've lost them. We ain't lost anybody. Man, you got to get your thinking on here. You got to get in the spirit realm. And people have been bound for years because of death. Now, he's talking about it. Don't look at me like that. He's talking about this. All right? So I'm going to skip on down here. What I'm saying, now I skip to verse 50. What I'm trying to tell you, brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies can't not inherit the kingdom of God. These, you can't go to space without a space suit. Example. And these dying bodies can't inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die. Come on, here we go. Here it comes. Now, this is huge revelation to me. We will not all die, but we will be transformed in the blinking of an eye. And he said, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And, when, and we who are living with all will be transformed. Our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. And our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed. So he, he's talking about all this. And he comes up to this place and he says, oh, death will be swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your? Now he's getting sassy. Listen to me. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is your sting? Now, who's ever preached that down here at a, at a gravesite? When, and think about it. You've got no victory grave. You have no victory over grandma grave. Death, you have no victory. It's already been swallowed up. Jesus has the keys to death, grave, and hell. He's already swallowed up. It, it, it's, and so he's sitting here and he gets excited and he says, for sin is this thing that results in death and this law gives us the power, but thanks be unto God. Now, here, now we're at the place. But thanks be unto God. But thanks 
Who is this? I guarantee it. Every one of those people that were there when he's preaching this to them probably look and sound about as much as you guys do right now. But he's probably on a chair. But thanks be unto God who's given us the victory over what? Somebody tell me. Death. That's what he was talking about. In other words, Paul was free from the fear of death. The fear of death is the center of every phobia and fear that is out there anywhere. If, you have, if you're afraid to fly, you're afraid to die. And you're bound. You're not free to live yet. If you're afraid of snakes or spiders or close places or people or this, and all those phobias are connected to the fear of death. Now we're getting somewhere. And we're going to dig in here. Because to be free of that, what do you mean to be free of that? Oh, Paul said, when you know this victory, therefore, what does he say next? Therefore, when you have this victory, therefore, you can be what? Steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Who's going to be steadfast, unmovable? The ones who know about their victory over death. Amen. Glory to God. So I got a question for you. Well, first of all, Romans 8, 2 says, For the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. This is the scripture. From the law of what? Sin and death. Do y'all believe the Bible or not? I'm going to read it again. For the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That means I'm already free. Then why am I not living like it? Why do I not understand this? So this raises a bigger question. Here we go now. Come on, if you really want to live like you've never lived before, stay with me. If we have the victory over death, what I just told you and showed you, should it be a terror to us to die? No. Should we live in fear of dying? No. Absolutely not. You are not free to live until you are no longer afraid to die. Come on, somebody. I just gave you something to put on your Facebook right there. All of y'all. Y'all should be doing it right now. And then put dot, 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 Chip Brown. (laughs) Ding. Whatever that is. Are y'all with me now? Christians are bound. I'm going to show you a scripture in Hebrew where it says they're bound their whole lives. They're bound their whole life. I was bound my whole life. I went to church my whole life never having this revealed. And now I dug so into it that it became a part of me and the revelation was revealed. And I have no more fear. I have no fear of the the little faces you're giving me right now. (laughs) I have no fear of the silence and the crickets even stopping. I have no fear. The first time I preached this, I was in West Virginia and it was in a holler. Y'all ever heard of hollers? In West Virginia, they have hollers. 
and had a big camp meeting. Thousands come. I've been going to this thing for years near Butcher Holler. Yeah. It was. It was near where, that song. Anyway, what is that song? Coal Miner's Daughter. Anyway, it's not important. Let's get back in the spirit realm here. And I'm there, and these people aren't real, you know, just kind of, hey, come on, pullers, if you know what I'm talking about. And I got to preaching this thing. First time I preached it. I got so free. Because I'm free. I'm not the same. You, you're too late to try to change me. I'll never go back to that way anymore. Ever in my life will I go. I'm hearing him more. I'm seeing him more. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being led more. I'm more free than I've ever been in my life. Death has no grip on me anymore. And in the middle of that thing, in front of all those people, I stood up on a chair and I began to sing. I never sang. My sister's was a professional. My sister's professional singer, Shelly. Some of y'all know, know her. She sang with people in Branson and all that stuff. My mama's a singer, and they all sang. We sang. They always try to get me to sing. Come on, sing with it. Come on, sing. No, I'll just sing. And in the middle of that thing, a song came out. No more bondage. No more bondage. Now I'm free from the enemy. Because who the sun sets free is free. Indeed, no more bondage, just glorious liberty. Freedom. I don't have to be sick no more. I don't have to be broke no more. I don't have to be bound no more by anything. Because who the sun sets free is free. Indeed, no more bondage, just glorious liberty. Well, they didn't even give me a woo. They're all like, and I'm like, and I came back and I went, I went, whoa, how long have I been coming here? They said eight years. I said, how many times have I done that? They said, none. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, the reason why a song came out of you, because there was a song in you. And you were finally free. Oh, God. And you were finally free enough to let that song come out of you. I created all my people. And then all of a sudden, he shows me Ephesians 5, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And there's all these songs in these believers that are bound. How can we be a bold church to reach the lost when we're really, truly not free? When we're truly not free. Fear of death, it's already been swallowed up. I've already been given the victory over it. Amen? Now, this just didn't fall on me now. You understand? So... Glory to God. Are y'all getting anything? The Bible. <laughs> Thank God for that little baby. I wonder if they can travel with me. The Bible calls dying the way of the earth. 
Jesus never referred dying as death or died or dead. Never did he say it out of his lips. Lazarus, remember? Go back and read that. He's asleep. Jairus' daughter, she ain't dead, she's asleep. Never did he ever mention death as dying or dead. He didn't do it. So, you got to understand, Jesus, spirit realm's more real to him. Paul, spirit realm's more real to him. Us, we're working on it. Amen? But I'm telling you, especially if you can get it at a young age to get over the fear of death. Some people, that's all they think about. That fear's got them about dying. And, and, and every little breath and this and that. And they're not free to live. Because they're bound. Now, so, good news tonight. We've been given the victory and we don't have to die. Let's go to John 8, 51. Let's look at that one up here. Y'all ready? John 8, verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, this is Jesus. If a man keep my saying, he shall what? He'll what? Then how come we don't believe this? He shall never, ever see death. All right, let's go to John eleven twenty three through 26. Watch this one. This is Satan's most unfavorite verse, by the way, because he had to change his, uh, his uh, business cards. Cost him a lot of money. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me. No, no, no. Please say that word exactly how it says. Jesus is teaching here. And he who believeth in me shall. Somebody say never. When I'm in Australia, I preach this and to... 7,000 people were there. I said, say never. They all went, never. (laughs) And I loved how they said it. I said, say it again, never. And I said, no, say it like me, never. And they all went, never. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Never, ever. That's Australian. I speak Australian. Good on you, mate. All right. And he, and whosoever, say I'm a whosoever, liveth and believeth in me, shall what? Now I like what he says next. Believeth thou this? You, You want me to translate it to you now? Don't you believe this? Why are you people acting and living like it's not true? Why are we respecting death? Why are we fear of death and dying? Why is that there? Don't you believe it? It's true. Huh. Now, oh, this is not, I got the wrong one. All right, no, no, no. This is a good verse. (laughs) But because these two verses, this is not Satan's unfavorite verse. But because of these two verses, somebody asked me, Why are you not afraid to die? Because I can't. And I won't. I believe in him. 
I believe in his word. And I believe I'll never. I'm telling you, I'm going from verse to verse to verse. Think, did, did fear still try to come in? Yeah. Did little bitty things would be said, your age or whatever or this. And, and no, thanks be unto God who has given me the victory over death. Victory, death, you're an enemy. Oh, grave, you have no sting. Oh, death, you have no victory. No, not over me. And I'm a believer in God, and I will never see death. Now, some of you still are in the natural going, Chip, we all got to die. Okay, here we go. Now, Hebrews 2.9. All right. Oh. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. For the suffering of what? Okay. Crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should what? Come on. He tasted death for every man. He tasted death so you didn't have to. So that you could have life and eternally. Are you with? But Chip, you're still not answering the question. We're all going to, it's the fear of dying here. But let me tell you something. He tasted death for every man. Now watch this. Let's go to Hebrews 2.14. This is Satan's most unfavorite. 14 and 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh, and behold, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, now are y'all seeing all these scriptures that I'm going to? I went to every one of them, and I camped out on them. And all of a sudden, I'm free. After about a week of this, I'm free. I walked outside in the front yard. I'm free. I yelled it. I think birds flew off. I'm not for sure. I'm just trying to give you the the picture. I got free of this thing. And through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death. So he had to change his business card that is the devil and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage he's talking about christians all their lifetime were in bondage because they were afraid to die their whole life didn't even know it wouldn't he? i wouldn't have told you i was in bondage not until i got free and didn't even realize it Man, am I living life. Man, is it different to me. Man, am I doing more for God than I've ever done in my life. I'm going, I'm hearing, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm, oh my God, all these things. Because that death is not there anymore. I can't wait. Listen to me. The Bible says this. I can't wait till I go. Yeah. Cricket, cricket. <laughs> the Bible says we should be looking forward to. Do you realize this is the shortest thing we'll ever do? Is this little time we have here? Huh. All right. As a matter of fact, let me, the Bible says in Psalm 90 that a thousand years to God is like yesterday or a day. All right. So I put the numbers and math to this. So your loved ones are there with them. So they're going by the same time clock. A thousand years is a day in heaven. You got, you got a mom up there or a brother or a sister? All right? So 
a hundred years if we live that long. Good for you. A hundred years is one-tenth of a thousand, right? Stay with me, math people. So if we live to be a hundred, that's 2.4 hours in heaven. So if you're 50 or over, you got about an hour left. Come on. You got an hour left until you make the best move you've ever made in your life. You ever moved and it was hard and you didn't want to move anymore and and you find out who your true friends are when you move? Oh, I'm busy. (laughs) But this is the greatest move. It's not the end. It's not termination. It's transition. And it's something to be looked forward. When we look in Jesus' eyes, when all the desires of our heart will be there, oh, none of them wanted to come back. We don't have to go to heaven. We get to go to heaven. Are you seeing the difference now? So why live in bondage now and let fear get a hold of you? Because any phobia. Now, when I get, now listen to me. There were phobias that I had, and I didn't tell many people about. Why should I want to share it with them, especially when you're a preacher and you want them to listen to you? Before I was set free, I didn't like snakes. Some of you people can handle them. I've seen little kids. If we were at a fair and something, they had one up there, I'm like, get that thing away from me. I'm still a child of God, but I didn't like them. And uh, I got set free. Well, I'm not thinking about snakes. I'm not wanting to go handle them either. But it came about a couple weeks later that I had to go weed eat this ditch that I got. That's the drainage off of our pond in front of our property. And there's rocks that line that thing. There's always snakes in there. And how I used to go about it was I'd first go in with my 22. And survey the area. And then I'd get my weed eater and my gun. <laughs> At the same. It, it is a wonder I didn't shoot myself. <laughs> now, I still love God. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't know I was in bondage. But then I'm free, right? So it come that time. I grabbed. I'm not even thinking about it. Grabbed that. Didn't grab the <laughs> 22. I grabbed the. The, the weed eater, and I, I jumped right down that ditch, and I'm in that ditch, and I'm just weed eating away. Looking in there. Stick your head out there. I'm just weeding. All of a sudden, it dawned on me. It's gone. It was gone. That fear was gone. Well, that left with everything else, and I was free. And I thought, my goodness, what happens when your enemy now knows that you're not afraid of him anymore? And I thought about the enemy. Resist the devil and he will flee. Those snakes are really nervous of me now. Because I'm jumping boom, right in their living room. Wouldn't you, you understand what I'm talking about? They're, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> New sheriff in town. And I thought about our enemy. And how he has this grip on a lot of Christians. Because they're not free. But God, thanks be unto God. Somebody say, thanks be unto God. 
who's given us the victory. What victory? Over death. He tasted it for all men. He swallowed it up. He did it for you and you and you and you. He did it for us so that we don't have to die. I'm not afraid to die because I don't, I'll never will die. Amen. So did I read verse 15? Yes, I did. Okay. So Satan hates that verse because he once had the claim of fame of Lord of death. That was on his business card. Lord of death. Ha, 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 ha. But that was taken away and stripped. Are you with me? And no longer has it. Amen. Say amen. amen. Praise God. Now, let's go to Paul some more. Paul was more spirit realm minded. Right? Let's go to Philippians 1, 20 through 24. Y'all, are y'all okay? I know this ain't the run around the church type deal, but I'm telling you, if you don't have this... Here's what's happening. We're trying to teach foundations. Or we're, no, no, no. I said that wrong. We're trying to teach principles and things for the church to move forward, and we don't have that foundation yet. Are y'all with me or not? I need some kind of response. We're trying to teach things, but we don't have that down yet. You get that down, watch everything else just take off. Just take off. Now, all right, let's read this. According to my earnest expectation and my my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness. Now, when you have no fear of death, you are bold. You are bold to share the word. You are bold to share your testimony. You don't care if it's Walmart, aisle nine, blue light special. As always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or death. For to me, everybody say, for to me. To live is Christ and to die. Now notice he said, as for me. Everybody, everybody quotes the scripture usually at funerals. To live is Christ and to die is gain. But they forget the first three letters. To me. Paul says to me personally, it doesn't say, thus saith the Lord, thus every Christian has to think this way. No, to me. He made it personal. Are y'all seeing this? To me. He said to me, and this is the same guy who said what? Thanks be unto God who's given us the victory. And because I have this victory, I can be steadfast. I can be unmovable. And I can always abound in the work of the Lord. While other people looking at you like you're crazy. But you know what? I'm free. That's what answers my mom. I thought she was crazy all these years. Have you seen her? She gets so excited. Have y'all seen her do that? She'll get that hanky. She'll get to preaching. I said, Mama, that comes on me sometimes. She said, isn't that wonderful? She goes, it's the anointing. I said, I know, but it's not real masculine. She said, well, get your towel. You know? Sell them at your book table. Glory towel. Anyway. 
So, for me to live is Christ, but to die is what? No, it has to say lost. It can't say gain. It can't say gain. What does it say? No. You're the same people that tell me that it says gain. When you're the same people who says we lost grandma. Cricket. <laughs> we lost mama. We're losing them. Yeah, we're losing him. We're losing daddy. Yeah, we lost her. Are y'all getting what I'm trying? I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'm saying, do you see how we see things? Do, do you think they're lost? If your relatives moved to Arkansas right now, would they be lost? Well, <laughs> let me use a different state. <laughs> Every time I use Arkansas, everybody goes, yeah, maybe. If they moved to Kansas or wherever they moved and you called them, are you lost? No, we know right where we're at. Then why do we say that? Don't we say that? We've lost her. Yeah, we lost them. You didn't lose them. They still are. Are you with me? They still are. Right now, in heaven, they still are. It's a wonderful place. It's an amazing place. With all the desires of your heart. One of these people that we interviewed, they, they met this, this little girl that was, uh, that uh, had a, they, on earth they had an accident on a, in a church bus or whatever. And she was there and she met this person who, went, who had this visitation in heaven. And the person who visited said, you're not dressed like everybody else is dressed. And she said, well, you can't dress like that and ride roller coasters. Now, she goes, the, the person who was visiting, roller coasters in heaven? And the, lady, the little girl goes, you don't understand. Our Father gives all the desires of your heart. Every desire you had down here, he makes sure it's up there. If there was a pet that gave you love and you loved it, God makes sure that it's up there. That was said. We can't say that scripturally. Because he is such a giver in all your desires. Some of you are thinking, well, I ain't getting on no roller coaster. <laughs> then you need to get set free now. <laughs> See, you're bound. Come on. You're bound. That's a fear. That's a fear. And they went there and rode it and said it left the tracks and the angels were riding it and everything else. It was just the coolest thing. She even named it. And you'll, you'll ride it one day. Probably with George Washington. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is we got something to look forward to. And meanwhile, we don't have to be bound and we can live the way we're supposed to live here. Amen? Y'all agree with that or not? But to me, to live is Christ and to die is not loss, but to die is gain. You hear much people saying that now? No. Did you hear Paul saying it? Yeah. 
I'm going to show you where Jesus says it. But do you hear church people say it? Oh. Oh, no. Dying. Oh, no. Death. Oh, no. Fear of death. Oh, no. Be careful. Bible says be careful for nothing. Well, I know, but I, want, I don't want my baby to wreck when they go on their trip. And I don't want the plane to crash. Well, then just plead the blood over them and say, I'll talk to you when you land. But don't live with the fear of death. It's an enemy. And it was the last enemy that was ever taken. Amen? Are y'all getting anything out of this? Are you sure? All right, let's go on. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart. Are y'all getting this? I have a desire to go. I have a desire to go and to be with Christ, which is what? What is it? How many truly believe that? It's far better. Far better. Nevertheless, he kicked a rock right there. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. But man, it's going to be way better. Now, Paul's the one who had that revelation. And Paul's the one who wrote it. Thanks be unto God, who's given us the victory. And because of this victory, we can be steadfast. We can be unmovable. And we can always abound. Church, I'm not going to play church anymore. I've just been named senior pastor of our church in Oklahoma, and our church ain't playing around anymore. We are there to train champions for Christ. And if the Bible says we can be steadfast, then we are going to be steadfast. Are you with me or not? If the Bible says we can be unmovable, no matter what comes our way, then we will be unmovable. And if the Bible says we're going to abound, then we shall always abound. From glory to glory and from faith to faith, playing church is over. Coming in just to sit here and God take my attendance is over. I'm never going to be a part of a team like that. That is not the champion mindset. The champion mindset is to go from one level to another level to another level to another level. From faith to faith to glory to glory until Jesus comes. Or I do my, or I move on to heaven. But I shall never live in the fear of death anymore. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, you have no victory over me. Because thanks be unto God, he's given me that victory. Amen. Amen. Woo. Glory to God. Now, let's, uh, James says this, what is your life but a vapor or a mist? But this will be the shortest thing that we'll ever do. Now, some of you may have been saying this, Chip, I know my loved ones, by the way, let's just take a poll real quick. How many have lost loved ones? Raise your hand. What, are they in Arkansas? All of them are in Arkansas? 
But do you see, do you see, trick question right, 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 right. But do you see how we're not like we should be? Spiritual minded. My dad is not lost. Are y'all hearing me? My dad is not lost. He very well is. And he's having the time of his life. And we couldn't get him back if we tried. He's running and going. And I mean, he's with Jesus. I said, he's with Jesus. And I want him to come back to Oakton. He's with Jesus. Oh. And see, and then that fear of how am I going to die? That's all connected. How's my death going to be? That's all connected. I tell you what, this short little hour that I have, this short little time that I have, listen to how I choose to live it. I'm going to be, I want to live long and strong as I'm here. Amen. And there will be no pain in my move. The moving pains are gone. Amen. Now, but, but brother Chip, I know they're not lost. I got that. You tricked me. They're not lost. But what saddens me, now listen, is they're no longer here. I've lost them. Will y'all relate with that? I've lost them. So I'm, I'm sad at that loss, and, and it depresses me. And I get grieved because of that. I know they're in heaven, but that saddens me. Well, I got a scripture for you. Jesus talks about it. And he was talking to his disciples when he's about to die, when he's going to take this death and go on. And here's what he said. Let's go to John 14, 27, 28. So now I'm going to show you what Jesus said we ought to do at a funeral. But there ain't many funerals that we're doing this to. I can tell you that right now. But at my dad's funeral, my mom, we had a celebration. It was a celebration. When, when there's a funeral at our place, it is a celebration. Because why? Death has no sting. Death has no grip. It's been swallowed up. And meanwhile, I'm not going to live with it. Pete, now he just told him he's leaving, Jesus, um, and he's going to die. He's going to the cross the whole bit. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. The world's going to grieve. Because they don't know any better. And he says, let not your heart. Are y'all getting this? This is Jesus' answer. Don't let your heart get in trouble. Don't act like the world and let that spirit of grief come on you. Don't let that spirit of grief come on you. Get in that word and find out that death's already been swallowed up. Death's been tasted by Jesus. He took it for every man. Get in there and find out about your victory. Get in that word and find out and get set free. He said, and never let your heart be afraid. Never let fear come in on there. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I'm going away. And I'm going to come again unto you. But if you truly love me, look at this. If you loved me, if you would get yourself out of this thing, uh-oh, uh-oh, now we're getting into pride. A lot of people are grieving because of their hurt and their selfishness. And, but if you truly loved your mom, you truly loved your sister, you would rejoice. 
Does your soul miss them? Yes. Did they go too early? Maybe. I don't know. But we do not have to live in bondage anymore. And we can be the glorious, victorious church that the Bible talks about. Amen? Amen. So he says, but if you truly loved me, what what did he say next? You would what? Rejoice. What did he just tell them? The ones who he taught and was closest to while he was on earth. What did he tell them? Rejoice. When I go, throw a party. Throw a party. Why, Jesus? Because I'm going to go to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. Man, oh man. Now, well... What a powerful witness this will be if the rest of the world sees a victorious free church. Are y'all with me or not? This, is, this is, isn't just about you. But when we get free as a body, then they see what? This freedom. They see the boldness. They see the power. They see the light. They see Jesus in them. Oh, that's a great witness right there. Now, let's go to... Um, Oh, let's, uh, let's, let's skip on down to this. I got some things here, but let's go here. So how do I get this free chip like you did? Well, the step one, you did it. You heard the word. Faith cometh by what? Okay, so you heard it. Step two, you got to believe it. How many believe it? All right. Step three, we got to do it. Put your faith into action. Anytime any kind of fear tries to come on you, You stop and have these verses and you begin to say that you're free and you don't have to take this and you have the victory. And then I want you to do this. I want you to do what Paul told Timothy to do. Now listen to this. I got to paint the picture for you and we're going to wrap it up right here. But Timothy was a pastor and he was a young man. And Timothy was pastoring at a time where Nero was in rule. Nero's rule was tyrant rule. It was terrible. Y'all need to study this out. Nero, it was absolutely, he was killing Christians as fast as he could kill them. He wouldn't just kill them. He would feed them. They would, you know, the games, and they would feed them to the wild animals and the lions, Christians, and, and rip them apart. Not only that, he would tar them. And then he would stick them and stake them alive, tarred and burn them and light the city with Christians. So you want to be a Christian? Look at your aunt or your uncle up on that pole. And now Timothy is the pastor of these people. So do you think Timothy is going through some fear of death? Absolutely. His loved ones, his family his congregation, and they're dying right in front of his eyes. And so Paul comes in. Now watch how this all comes to a complete circle, how we started this thing. And Paul comes in, and he says this to Timothy. 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7. And this was his advice. Now you got to remember, Paul don't think like everybody else thinks. As for me, to die is gain. 
When I call to remembrance. Now, how many know that the Bible always talks about remembrance? In communion, Jesus says, do these things often. Take this often as my bread and my my blood. Do it often in remembrance of me. Right? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And it says what in the Bible? He brings all things to your remembrance. So when David encouraged himself, he was reminded of the things that God had done for him and that saved his life at Ziglag. So remembering how good God is for you and remembering these things, especially during times of an attack of fear. Remembering what the Lord, has God done anything for anybody in here? Then you need to remember that and you need to thank him for it. And so he brings up to Timothy who's in the middle of death all around him. And he says, I want to remind you and call to your remembrance the unfeigned faith that is already in you, which was first in your grandma, Gam Gams, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. All right? Just trying to make it funny for the kids. They've got a lot of kids right here. All right? For Meemaw, Mimi, whatever you want to call her. I want to remind you of Meemaw, right? You remember Meemaw? Remember her unfeigned faith? You remember your mama, her unfeigned faith? And he's wanting to get some kind of, man, I need help, Paul. Hey, listen, you remember your mother? You remember grandma? You remember their unfeigned faith? So I go to Rick Renner, who's a Greek scholar. I said, Rick, what does unfeigned faith mean? If you look it up on the Strong's Concordance, It will say genuine or real. That's just a tap into it. When I go to Israel, a lot of my Jewish friends want to see the Strong's Concordance because they laugh at a lot of it because it doesn't go far enough in to the depth of it. And if Strong's all you got, it's good. Don't worry about it and keep studying. But there's some words that don't go far enough. This is one of those, unfeigned. So I said to this Greek scholar, What does unfeigned faith mean? What was Paul trying to remind who? Timothy of his mama and grandma. Are y'all ready for this? Definition of unfeigned faith from a Greek scholar. Y'all ready? I need somebody to answer. Are y'all ready? He said this. Unfeigned faith. He said, unfeigned faith is steadfast. He said, unfeigned faith is unmovable. I'm sitting there listening to this. I said, please say it. Please say it. Unfeigned faith is always abounding for the work of the Lord. O M. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Thanks be unto God who's given us the victory so that we can have unfeigned faith. And your grandmother had it and your mother had it. You know what he just told them? Now that y'all are Greek students, listen to this. He just told and reminded him, your grandmother wasn't afraid to die and your mother wasn't afraid to die. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. 
He said, that's in you too. Huh? High five. Chest bump. Right in the middle of all this terrible things. And he reminds them, your grandma wasn't afraid to die. She had the victory over it. And your mama wasn't afraid to die. And she lived a long life with it. And it's in you too. And what does he say next? Wherefore, I'm persuaded it's in you. I put thee in remembrance that stir this gift of God. Who? Gift of God. Who's the giver of gifts? God. He gave you this gift. It's in you. What gift? Thanks be unto God who has. When I do this, y'all say given. Thanks be unto God who's given us the victory. Remember, that's how we started. What victory? Over death. And now you don't have to be afraid to die. You don't have to. Now you can live like you've never lived before. And I know it's in you. And it's a gift. And then look what he says next. For God has not. See, he is a giver, but not of that gift. If that gift has come from you, if that gift's on you, and you have fear, it was not from God. So, we received it somehow. Let's don't get off into how we did. Somehow we did. But that's not from God. But I, t- I will tell you what he did give you. Power. And I'll tell you what else he gave you. Love. And I'll tell you what else he gave you. A sound mind. So Timothy was in the same boat and heard the same message that you just heard tonight. And Paul gave it to him. Thanks be unto God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Brother Chip, I have dealt with fear my whole life. I have been bound and that fear of death is on me. Well, just as he said, he laid hands on Timothy and they stirred it up. I believe the anointing is strong here tonight to lay hands on you to for once and for all get rid of this fear of death that has had you bound. And I will agree with you If you're in agreement with me. And I'll lay hands on you as Paul laid hands on Timothy. And then as you turn around and you walk out of here free. You're going to stir it up. You're going to stir it up. You're going to remember 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 56, 57. You're going to remember that and say, no, thanks be unto God who's given me this. And you're going to continue in it and you're going to live free. You're going to live free. I'm talking about if you're young and you're having any kind of nightmares or any kind of fear or terror that's trying to come on you. I'm I'm talking about if you're older and you're afraid to die and death's come on. Any kind of fear whatsoever. God has sent me here for a purpose on this night. He has a plan for this night. And I believe it's for you to get set free of any kind of fear that you've been bondage in in your whole life. And if that's you, I want you to come up here right now, and I will lay hands on you. We, you don't get over the fear of who's looking at me. That's part of it. Get over the fear of, no, I need set free of this. this you're talking to me. I've got this, and I'm in bondage, and I want free. Then run up here right now. Glory to God. Thank you, Father.